In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We're starting the first Sunday of the last month of the Coptic year, the last full month of the Coptic year, the first Sunday of the month of Misr. And it seems that the readings for today, the readings for the whole month, focus on Christ's love and service of the church. Christ's love and service of the church. And you can go and reread and focus and see um, how that comes out in all of the readings. For example, last night the gospel reading was about uh, the disciples rowing across the sea and it was tumultuous and the, the waves were pounding the boat and Jesus came to them walking on the water and calmed the storm. And that is a reference to the church, for the church that it's in this world. And in this world there's lots of storms that happen in this world. But when Christ is with us, he calms the storm and he's able to grant us the safety that we need. In the Pauline epistle taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is an entire chapter about St. Paul. And he's offering himself as a good example of a servant a good example of a servant as opposed to chapter 10 which is um, not so good the examples are not so good um, about how many saw the the pillar of cloud many walked through uh, the uh, waters of the parted Red Sea and yet even though they saw all of that even though they were able to witness the hand of God in so many ways they did not enter into the promised land. And so St. Paul is giving us a different example of the way that we approach Christ, the way that we approach God. Uh, At the end of the passage he says, again remember this is mainly about the, the leaders of the church, but it's also for application in your life. He says, I become all things to all men that I might by some means save some. And he says, and I run the race, not as one who, um, I run in such a way that I may obtain the prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it for a a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. So I run, not with uncertainty, I fight, not as one who just punches the air. But I discipline my body, bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Imagine St. Paul, the great St. Paul, is worried about being disqualified. And this isn't the only place that he writes about this fear of his. his. Also in in Philippians chapter 2, see if I can remember the verse, he says, um, "For for, For I know... Um, for all that I desire is that I, or I desire to know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, uh, being conformed to His death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. So he says this about himself. He says, I am seeking to know all this so that I can be saved in the end. And if St. Paul is worried about our salvation, we too have to be worried, not in the sense that we are, are scared uh, or, or frightened that God will, will cast us into Hades or cast us into hell, but we are scared lest anything we do might upset Him. Anything we do might 
might be a, a, a judgment upon us, that we might live a perfect life. And St. Peter, in his Catholic epistle, he says, first epistle, Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Finally, all of you be of one mind. Again, he's giving us guidance. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil. He's writing to a people that are suffering. He's writing to a people that are uh, being persecuted. And he's telling them, when you are reviled, bless. Instead of uh, reviling in return. And he gives us Psalm 34. He would, who would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. His lips from speaking guile. Let him turn away. Yani, it's instructions. What I mean is it's instructions for us about how we can focus on being true servants of the one God. And of course, the Acts chapter 19, this story about Diana uh, and, this, and this uproar, and all these people are following Diana. They worship, this is their God or their, their goddess. But it's showing you the difference between an earthly religion and a faith and, a, and the faith that God has given to us that you can have a religion that's entertaining you can have a religion that makes, you can make money off of because they were uh, people that made the images of the goddess Diana and you can have even charismatic preachers that excite you and encourage you and, and, uh, and make you feel like yeah, this is, this is uh, a great emotional event and this is different from what Christianity brings because what Christianity is, is, is ultimately about is suffering and commitment to that one true God. St. Paul also in chapter 9 of the Pauline epistle talks about the suffering and what he endured. Now, to bring this all together is today's gospel and, today's, and especially today's psalm. If you focus on the psalm itself, Psalm 79 or 80, this is a famous psalm that we sing in our church in the Aspas Muswatis. Uh, in Arabic um, it's Ayuharrab Ilel Khuet, right? So then, O Lord of hosts, O God of hosts, turn, look on us from heaven, and behold and visit this vine and restore that which your right hand has planted. And then we have in the gospel the story Christ gives a parable. Now this isn't just any parable. You know, this isn't just any parable. This is a parable that cuts to the heart of Israel and cuts to the heart of the leadership of Israel, of the, of the priests, uh, of the chief priests, and of the scribes, and of the Pharisees. This parable has a history in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, it's interesting that the prophets are mainly against the priests. You know, you think that they're all on the same team. They all should be working and helping and, and, and serving God. But the priests were not being honest in their work. So the prophets came to speak out against the priests. So Isaiah spoke uh, to the people of Israel and in speaking to the people of Israel, he spoke <clears throat> about how Israel is the vineyard of God. 
And he says, let me sing of my beloved a love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it by stones. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. This is Isaiah chapter 5, the, the, the vineyard that God has planted. And this was for Israel a great source of of, of Comfort that God loved them so much that He called them His vineyard and that He took care of them like a vine dresser takes care of a vineyard. And in the Old Testament, not only was Israel the vine, but Israel was the sun. The sun. He says, he says earlier on, he says, this vine. He says, when Israel was a child, forgive me, hold on, sorry, it says in, in the Psalms, you did bring a vine out of Egypt, you did drive out the nations and plant it, you didn't clear the ground for it, and the, mountain were, and, the, and the mountains were covered with its shade. So he says, you brought Israel out like a vine from Egypt and you planted it. And then he also says in Hosea, you know this verse very, very well. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. I know we talk about that referring to Jesus Christ, but originally it referred to Israel. Out of Egypt, I called my son. And this reference is to bringing Israel, his son, out of Egypt. And not only is he the son, but God refers to him as my firstborn son. He says to Moses in Exodus, You shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son, and I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. So the vineyard is Israel, and God has called his son Israel um, out of Egypt. But the problem now is Jesus comes and he says, this vineyard has not been taken care of according to what God had intended. So this great parable or this great image of Israel as a vineyard, Christ now turns upside down. He says, yes, it is a vineyard and you were supposed to take care of this vineyard, but after I sent prophets and even my only begotten son, you ridiculed them, treated them shamefully and you killed my son. So now we ask ourselves, why is this reading being given to us and what are we supposed to do with it? First, for the leaders, when we think about the vine, what is the vine? The vine is our church, entire Coptic Orthodox Church. The vine is our parish, St. John Chrysostom's uh, church here. And the vine is your home. Everyone is living in a home. Uh, it may be a home of one, two, but this is the vine that God has given for you to take care of, to till, to fertilize, to prune, so that it can bear fruit. Then we ask, what is the fruit of the vine that we're supposed to be looking for? What is the fruit of the vine that God is going to be demanding from us? <coughs> we can go and we say, Christ says, I am the vine and you are the branches. So the vine and the branches are connected. And the work that the fruit that comes from the vine, the fruit that comes from the vine to the branches, is the work of the Holy Spirit within us. 
the Holy Spirit and the love of God and the grace that He's been given to us has been given to us so that we produce fruit. And now let me put this in perspective for you with regard to me. Me as a priest. Just because I come to church and I I pray the liturgy, I preach a gospel, I preach the message to you, and uh, you know I take confessions and I go through all of this does not mean that I am a faithful and honest servant does not mean just because I'm doing my job doesn't mean I'm being faithful and honest in my job so I have to look at this gospel and I say what is the fruit that's demanded of me priests as you know will be judged more harshly than the non-priests But just like a parent who has a child will be judged for that child and judged for the upbringing of that child, different from an aunt, an uncle, an aunt, or somebody that doesn't know the child at all. We take on this huge responsibility and we cannot take it lightly. So as a priest, I look at this and I say, I understand that my job, how I produce fruit in the vineyard, I have to do my job well. I have to do my job according to what God has commanded us. In Ezekiel chapter 33 and chapter 34, it's chapters from the Bible that every priest and bishop gets scared when they read. God says to the priests or or the watchmen, the shepherds in Israel, He says, on you is the blood of everyone in your, that you take care of. If you do not warn them, if you do not teach them, their blood will be on your head. Right? But if you do teach them, if you do warn them, if you do guide them, the blood is on their head. So the job of the priest is to teach and to warn and to say, watch out, this is a problem. Watch out, this is an issue. But think in your mind, what do you want... What do you want Abuna to do? What what do most people ask from Abuna? You don't have to say it out loud, but just think. Let me give you a different example. Would you go to a mechanic and ask him to bake you bread? No. (laughs) You'll have a lot of oil and uh, stuff in that bread. Or do you go to a a barber or a hairdresser and ask him to do surgery on you? Or her to do surgery? No, you don't. There's a job. What I'm getting at is the job of the priest is very specific. But sometimes we want the priest to do other things. (coughs) But what is it that the priest can do for you? And what is it that the priest is here to do for you? The priest is not here to comfort you and say everything is okay actually that's another problem from the Old Testament right Where in Jeremiah God was, com- God was condemning the priest because you say he says you say peace peace and everything is okay but everything is not okay everything is not okay so when Abuna is a little bit uh, strong or, or emphasizes a certain point it is not because he wants to make your life difficult. It's because we have to face the fact that God 
is going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to say, everything that I wrote down, everything that was written down through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I really, I really meant it. I really meant what was written. And that each and every one of us has to give an account. At the end of the year, it's a good time for the Coptic year. At the end of the Coptic year, we end in August, right? September is the beginning of the, the new year. But at the end of the liturgical Coptic year, we have to start and give an account, examine ourselves, and look to see what is it that I have produced, what is it that I can give. I'm not especially happy with what I'm saying. I'm not happy with the burden that is placed on me or the burden that is placed on you. But there are things that Abuna does, that the priest does, that benefits you if you take it in the right way. Right? If you take it in the right way. If there is a correction. Think of it like this. The priest is coming to pretend like he's collecting fruits from you. So he's asking you about your prayer life. He's asking you about your fasting. He's asking if you go to confession. It's not that Abuna is eager to hear what your dirty secrets or anything that's going on in your life. Abuna, the, the priest does not want this, but he's trying to encourage you. When he's asking you, are you giving to the poor? When he's asking you, are you giving to the church? Are you giving time to your kids? Are you giving time to your parents? Are you giving time to your spouse? Are you giving time to God? It's not to make you feel guilty about anything. It's not to make you feel like uh, you, you're, 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 you're failing at what you're doing. It's always to encourage you. It's always to encourage you in the spiritual life. This, this parable about the vine dresser is a parable for us first to recognize the love of God that He has given us everything that we possibly need in our spiritual lives. He's given us... He doesn't, it's not about success. It's not about a good job. It's not about a good financial uh, you know, security for the future. That's not what God is really here to give you. God is giving you everything that you need for spiritual life. And this is the concern of the priest. Your spiritual, your spiritual life. Your salvation. And the, the concern of the priest keeps him up at night. Uh, it, it, you lose sleep over it. And sometimes the priest gets a little discouraged and says, Why am I working harder at this person's salvation than they are working? Why am I doing more work about this than they are? Everyone has to understand you have the tools. There's no magic there's no magic prayer that can be said to take away all of our sins and take away all of our problems and help us to become spiritual. But let me tell you, what we do have in the church, what is given to us, the tools of fasting, the tools of praying, praying the Psalms, the tools of going to Vespers, praying midnight praises, coming to church, the mechanism of, hey, you know what? I can give money to God by giving money to this charity or giving money to this church. This, all of this is given to us so that your connection with God becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. These are all points of contact. Points of contact. 
in any relationship you need a point of contact. No marriage can be sustained by text messages. There needs to be face-to-face communication. No relationship with your child can be just through email or just through, you know, whatever. It, it has to be face-to-face. Our relationship with God is the same way. And we have to maintain it. How many of you have heard of marriages that have failed because the husband no longer talks to the wife or, the, or vice versa? That over time, you know, <coughs> somebody takes a job in another country and over time the marriage just kind of goes away. This is the same with our relationship with God. And so this idea of us being a, a vineyard that produces fruit, it can only produce fruit if we stay connected with the vine who is Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches. And by the way, he says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And he also says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. How many of you know what pruning is? Do you prune with a a nice brush? Do you prune with a knife and, and, and scissors? You prune, you get cut. So being part of the vine doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory, everything's good. Being part of the vine means I get cut sometimes. But that cut, that, that pruning is to produce more fruit. We don't shy away from suffering. We don't run after it. But we know when suffering comes, this is the cross that we bear. And we bear it because, or we, can, we are able to bear it because we are part of the fruit, a part of the vine. And when we are part of the vine and we bear our suffering, we produce fruits that we can never imagine. We can never imagine. If you look at a rock of incense, you never imagine the smoke and the smell that comes out of it once it's burned. And, and the patience that one endures, the patience that one learns, the joy that one finds in life. One of, um, you, you know, we take a lot of things for granted. And we have to remember that in our spiritual life, part of the fruit that we can bear is to be thankful for everything that God has given to us. Even when He takes things away from us. We're thankful for it. Thank you for everything concerning everything and in everything. And this is how we begin our funerals. It's how we begin our, our weddings. It's how we begin our liturgy. It's how we begin our day. It's how we, we end our day with this idea of thanksgiving. My brothers and my sisters, Christ left us here with everything that we could possibly need in order that we can return to Him. And the fact that He's putting it in this parable, the idea of producing fruit, is very simple. Stay connected with Me. Unite yourself with Me. Be in communion with Me. And let's work together. This is what He's saying. Let's work together. He gave us of His Holy Spirit and He overflowed our hearts with His love and with the grace that He's given to us so that we could share this with the world. Now, my job here is to help you with that, to guide you. It's, it's not, I don't have a magic though uh, um, way of kind of looking into your soul and saying this is what you need to do. And this. It takes your own examination with God and your own spiritual life to sit with Him, sit with Him, talk to Him. Ask Him, what can I do? How can I do this? We can't be 
so fixated on the small day to day we have to have a vision of our spiritual life today can't be the same as last year and when we look to Saint Mary during this fast we ask her during this fast we say help us to love God like you loved God even before she had Jesus Christ in her womb she consecrated her life for him she gave her life to him and you can do this anywhere in life you don't have to be living in a temple in, in, in Judea in the first century or whatever you can do this anywhere and that's the beauty of the, the saints of the desert fathers Saint Anthony was shown a man who lived uh, as a, a doctor and gave his money to the poor Saint Macarius was shown two women who lived together with, two, with their husbands and their children and they didn't know who, which child was theirs which was from their womb, which was from the other woman's womb. They loved each one the same. Abba Daniel was shown a man who lived in the city and it was revealed to him that he judged no one. This is, this is how we produce fruit in this life. This is how we take the spiritual words that God has given to us through His Word and we bear our cross and we carry it and you will see the fruit that come along the way. But don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till you get past this job. Don't wait till you know this pass this exam. Don't wait till you pass this phase. Don't wait for anything. It can happen now in this moment, in this day. Don't wait. Don't delay because you do not know when he's coming. And and we're not fearful of it, but we want to have as much fruit as possible. May God allow us to take his word seriously and give us the grace of his Holy Spirit to inspire us and to guide us. Let us not focus on our failures. Let us focus on the success that God is able to give us and He gives us from day to day. Every morning, as it says in Lamentations, every morning His compassion and His mercy and His grace are renewed. It's new every morning. We have a new fresh start. May God allow us to grow in the spiritual life, accept our fasting and our prayers, the intercessions of the Holy Mother of God, St. Mary, and through the prayers of St. John Chrysostom, to God be the glory, now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. We exalt you.